our, our local representatives are the ones that should actually be fixing our problems. You know, not the federal, not the state. The local is where a lot of the, the good can be, be done. Um, and part of the issue is we need the federal and the state to GTFO a little bit more. Contentious Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to influencers, celebrities, politicians, and everyday people to show that we all have unique opinions, and that's a great thing. I'm your host, Ryan Malinowski, and this week we're talking with Zach Rao. How you doing today, Zach? Doing pretty well. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, great to be here. What uh, What do you wish I would ask you? I don't really have any like one thing that I, I talk about a lot. Um, I've always been a jack of all trades type of deal. Okay. Um, it's one thing that I found really kind of amusing. Like I was at my previous job where, so COVID hit, you know, we don't have those jobs anymore, but, um, what did you used to do? I used to do marketing at Hollywood casino. Okay. And that's what I had. I'd worked there for almost 10 years before all this. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of, kind of sucks to get your whole, uh, 10 year investment with a company cut out. But, um, the girls would always be like, how do you know so much about this? And that, like all these other things, it's like, I just pay attention and it's fun to like learn different things about everything. Um, you know, just, I don't understand how so many people don't know so much about the world that they they're surrounded by. Yeah. You know, like, so you, you, you love learning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, learning's great. Is it something that comes natural to you? Yeah, so you had talked about being at Susquehanna. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a gifted program there, too. Okay. Um, and I was in that. Okay. So uh, after also being in the uh, not-so-good kids <laughs> group, um, I you know, early in life, you know, my father left us, and, like, I had a lot of anger issues um, in, middle, in elementary school and, like, my my learning challenge or struggled a little bit there um i did get tested for the gifted program then and then i got tested again in middle school uh apparently they said like you have a above average iq you should join this and they would take us out of classes and then like we'd learn whatever we wanted to learn okay so i'd like studied rocketry and random things while i was in middle school and so you got the opportunity to kind of design uh, a little bit what you yeah like extracurricular curricular right yeah that's awesome yeah we did other weird things like uh learning what it's like to be blind we we had okay. to learn braille i don't know braille anymore but i did <laughs> in middle school um you know we'd uh we learned sign language we we did a day where we had um earplugs in and tape taped over our ears so we couldn't hear and we had to sign everything and yeah. like understand what it's like to be in different situations um and how adaptable like the human body is and like you know how how we can get through even if we can't have one of our senses right right on it's yeah sorry <laughs> that's totally off like no, i mean that's... kilter but like that's stuff that like i was i was blessed to be able to to you know take part in and and you know learn back at, at a young age even so so how do you think uh, having that opportunity and those experiences changed your perspective? 
Well, so earlier on in, in my life, I was, I was definitely, actually, I don't know how I would say how that would change everything. I've always been told I'm a very personable person okay. by, by people. Um, cause like, you know, you don't know how to describe yourself at, uh, especially as, as like a high school, middle school, right. whatever kid, you know, um, so I was asking my friends, like, what, how would you describe me? And one of my friends, um, I won't forget, it was uh, Katie Knapp. She's like, you're very personable. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> you're easy to talk to. I'm like, I guess that's true. Um, sure, approachable, you know. Um, I guess, you know, I'm funny looking in the right ways. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he's, he, he couldn't hurt a fly. Let's go talk to him. Um, but, no, like, I've had the ability to have people like just open up to me and talk to me and sometimes it's it's for the better sometimes it's for the worse you know we can end up rambling and ranting on for hours at at the time sometimes when i'm trying to man i'm trying to get this other thing done i'm trying to work i'm trying to you know trying to get going and people just want to like just want to pour out their life to you sometimes sure you know it's i've always been willing to be there for people though even though i might not have the time what are you doing now that you're not doing marketing oh so um covid hit i spent you know a month working from home we were planning to be like okay we'll open up in april um and like i'm the whole time i'm tracking the, the statistics seeing what's going on saying oh man it's not looking like it's settling down in a month these these 15 days aren't doing aren't doing diddly um so unlikely that that governor wolf's gonna gonna let us go back to work so i wasn't too surprised when they put us all on furlough um and the first month of furlough i just kind of chilled out a little bit because i still wasn't sure how deadly dangerous whatever this whole thing was and if it was five percent like they were saying i don't want to catch it you know uh, i don't want to even risk it i don't want to go out and touch things because i'm seeing fulmides is a possible uh method of transmission all these different things i'm like okay that's that's some scary stuff sure um so i spent a lot of time at home just practice putting so i, I play disc golf um is one of my biggest biggest hobbies um i picked that up right before getting married um, one of my, so my one friend that I used to drink with all the time, um, like every Tuesday we shoot darts at Zembies. Um, he was, he said to me, dude, are you sure you're getting married and, and settling down? I've seen you out way more this past year than <laughs> cause I picked up disc golf and I find out that my buddy who I've played darts with and just not really talk too much because you know it's a guy friend you know we don't talk we just do stuff together right so we shoot darts and make fun of each other every tuesday never learned that like his passion sport is disc golf and like he would not shut up about it like right. he he you couldn't get him to, to to stop talking about it when we're actually like oh man um so I got into it and instantly had a, a wealth of knowledge poured out upon me in 2016 there, uh, right before I got married in, uh, uh, nine. So September, um, of, uh, 2016, we got married. 
Um, and then I, it's become a really good avenue for just getting outdoors and taking out stress and, you know, you always wanted to throw things as a kid when you're angry and guess what? Disc golf lets you throw things when you're angry, you know, and it, and it's really cool to throw things when you're angry because you're like, man, that flew really far and really interesting. And like the flight of a disc is really kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of different physics that are involved in the gyroscopic precession of, of the, the angles that it'll rotate on and, and, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of intriguing. We'd ha- I'll have to show you sometime. Cool. Um, so it's therapeutic for you. But yeah, it's very therapeutic uh, to to go and just throw discs out in the field or or actually play around. The playing around that's one of the issues. Once you get good at it, you start to get more angry at yourself playing around because you're like, I'm not doing well. What the heck? You start to sure. expect too much of yourself. As with anything in life, you know. Yeah. You, I mean, when like you first learn thing. something, everything's fun. Right, like it's right. so much fun when you learn, and then when you try to master it, it becomes that much more challenging and stressful and and annoying and aggravating. It's um, one thing my wife, uh, not to talk ill of her, love you, honey. Um, she she hates not being good at things. Like so, anytime she does something, she only wants to do something that she's gonna accomplish and accomplish well, and she wants to to be. She's a perfectionist. Our house is immaculately clean, because if it's not, she's like, I have to clean the house. I'm like, you don't have to clean the house. You could make make me do it when I have spare time. <laughs> um, but you know, we can do that at some other point nobody's coming over nobody's right. gonna judge you on the house like you know you don't have to do everything right right off the bat you need to take care of yourself you need to get some rest you need to go to sleep you need to you know there's other orders of hierarchy there but like no everything has to be perfect at all times so um disc golf is not a game of perfect and right. so it totally totally like torments her to, to play it sometimes um though the one she's doing well she loves it just <laughs> as much as as you would picking it up or i did, sure. did and still do um enjoy it is it's it, is it when she's doing well or when she's beating you that she loves it well you know it's a little, <laughs> so yeah for her to beat me i usually play left-handed okay. um so like that's you know you're not really that good I'm not ambidextrous by any stretch of the sure. imagination, but I've gotten a lot better, and it, it really frustrates her that I still beat her left-handed. So, um, when when it doesn't matter though if I'm doing well or she's she's doing poorly, like she wants to be doing well for yeah, her, and gotcha. that's that's the only times she's like really been enjoying it. When she's out with the ladies, she tends to enjoy it a little bit more because then she's not seeing me throw as far. Right. Right. Yeah. Cool. But, but yeah, it's uh so yeah, disc golf's been a real real uh thing that I've spent a lot of my time doing. And then shoot, okay, we'll get back to the question, Zach. What are you doing? Um right now though, I got sick of just playing disc golf and goofing off. Um and I'm like there's no reason for me to not be a productive member of society right now. Sure, I'm collecting unemployment, but like you can get that extra hundred bucks or whatever, and then 
okay, uh, I'm getting the max of, I'm not getting anything from the state, really. I'm just staying up on unemployment so that, because I know there's times where the, uh, the business isn't going to be there and I don't get the full, I'm working part-time because, you know, you get rain days and all the other stuff, um, but I'm doing landscaping right now for a buddy. Cool. So I've been mowing a lot of lawns and uh, doing some hardscaping, doing some uh, some some yard prep for for winter and winterizing, reseeding and aerating, doing all that. Right now we're building a deck for his house because there's not really much else to do, but he wants to keep us give us some sort of work to keep us paid. Yeah, uh, that's so awesome. He, he found us a. We'll, we'll build a deck. There so so uh, learning how to build a deck right now. So you, you got furloughed from your marketing job. Yeah. And you're on un- unemployment. Yeah. And you chose to give up the unemployment to go be a landscaper. Well, I didn't give up the unemployment. I'm still technically... I'm not going to... I'm working really, like, part-time. But, okay. like, you know, I'm, I'm not getting much back from the state. I'm trying to minimize the amount that I'm taking from the state. I want to, you know, in case, and, you know, I know that winter's coming, so I'm going to be unemployed and get, uh, well, mostly unemployed. We're not going to have much work except for snow removal, which this week should keep us kind of busy. Yeah. Uh, we got Wednesday, a big storm coming in, so, yeah. But, but other than that, we don't have a lot of work to be doing. So, so a lot of people, when they have you know, a situation like that come up, they would just stay on unemployment. What kind of led you to want to get back out in the workforce? Well, I don't like sitting around not doing anything. (laughs) Like, um, I mean, I could, I could try to like write music again and whatnot, but that's not really doing too much. And I kind of, that's, that's a whole other thing of what I had been doing, um, as far as work goes. Um, I, you know, I, don't know if you were around for when I had been a performer uh, back in the day, but you know, performing was 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 a fun passion project of mine, and I enjoy that. But like, I don't really like the music that I tend to write. Okay. Um, we can talk about that then. We'll get back to that at some point. But like, um, I'd, I'd rather I saw that this guy needed help, needed a part-time employee, need could almost use a couple full-time guys but um you know i saw that a friend of a friend needed employees and man if if right now i'm the only employee back again and it's it's kind of crazy but you know work workload is really low right now yeah but um yeah if if he didn't have an employee he's not got work being done so it's a friend of a friend. I don't want him to be out because everybody doesn't want to work right now. So many people don't want to work right now. I don't understand why we should shut down. We can't just shut down the economy, shut down because the economy is just life. We, we don't have products to buy with our money. If there aren't people doing work, you know, we can't just sit around and do nothing. It just makes all the money worthless. So it was that gets kind of back to politics and, yeah. and, and economy economics and all that, you know. So it's important to you, it sounds like on multiple levels, chiefly you don't like sitting around doing nothing. Um, and I don't want to be a, a fat 
slob all my days. Right. I've, I've done that, plenty of that back in the day, <laughs> I, um, all through college, really. You know, um, It's funny how, how well you can pass classes in college without really trying and uh, how easy it is to just blow all your days playing World of Warcraft. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and also it sounded like, you know, you, you don't like the idea of, you know, the community the local society that type of thing yeah being shut down so you're trying to do your part as well no exactly especially since i'm not really the type of person that's at risk in in the situations right now sure i uh you know i do have some medical shenanigans going on but like i don't have nearly the risk factors for for to make people worried about dying um you know with with this covid uh we're, we're in the age bracket of 0.05%, maybe even less, you know, that we aren't going to survive it. And, um, yeah, there's some potential ongoing side effects, but, like, you can't just live your life in fear. You, society needs to keep moving. Not everybody can take care of themselves, so it's nice sure. to provide yeah. for them. And, yeah, they're paying for it, but, like, they, like, to be able to keep you employed to you know, keep their stuff looking nice. It's, it's society and, and trade and, and, uh, the, the marketplace, it's mutually beneficial. We, we both do something for one another that we both enjoy. And, you know, we both get better than what we put in out of it, you know, because not only do I enjoy mowing, cause I would mow some of those yards for free. Aaron, I would not mow those yards for free. No, um, pay me. I enjoy getting paid, but no, I would almost mow some of those yards for free because it's like really awesome. This there's this big, wide open yard. You just you're out in the middle of the summer, just cutting turns, and it looks really beautiful. You can look back and see the work that you did. You can see, man, look at those lines. They're really straight. You got this grid pattern because I mowed on the horizontal the one day I mowed on the vertical the next yeah. day I mowed diagonal and mowed diagonal the other way it looks really cool and uh, some of those yards there's like different yards that had like uh, basil growing in like wild into the yard and it oh. smells really really pungent and it's beautiful right. uh, when you're mowing over it um, it's kind of crazy the uh, the you know the joy that just doing work can provide to you and then they pay you <laughs> so right. you're getting that and in addition to that because they're enjoying man look at the work that guy did and how how nice this is that i have a yard that's manicured this well and you know it's it's more than one-to-one ratio of of payoff to investment yeah um right is, is what free trade allows us you know well, it's obvious you take great pride in whatever you're doing, but you also you also yeah. find some enjoyment on multiple levels through it, right? Yeah, no, it's with anything that you do, you should find enjoyment in what you're doing. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, there's something else that you could be doing, and you can find that and, and do it. You know, um, there's no shortage of job opportunities out there. Some might pay better than others, and yeah, I know plenty of people who are working jobs where they're like, uh, why do I do this job? And I've had some of those too, but you gotta, you gotta find some enjoyment in it somehow, or 
or it's going to be, it's going to just drag you down and you're not going to be able to provide the service that they want anyway. Like, uh, if I hate my job, it's hard for me to hide that to the customer, you know? Right. And, and if I hate what I'm doing, I'm not going to do it well. Right. You know, so I always see no point in, you know, not finding some enjoyment in what I'm doing uh, or not doing things I enjoy. If I really hate a job, well, I don't think I've ever had a job that I really hated. So would you say that when it comes to work, one of, if not the most important thing to you is, is finding some sort of uh, enjoyment and value out of it? Yeah, well, if you don't see the value in your work, yeah, it's, then what are you doing, really? You know, like, you, um, I always enjoy, I don't know if that, that quite is it, but, like, I always make sure I see the point of my work. Gotcha. Like, it makes me feel, you know, more okay with what I'm doing if I know what I'm providing, gotcha. you know. Um, I don't know, I was always taught... Like, don't quit a job. Just, you know, do it. (laughs) Um, One of those types of situations. But but I'm really glad to have found work that I I enjoy. Um, Part of that, I I would just say, that goes back to, that goes to faith. Um, I think God's really, like, blessed me my entire life. I've always found enjoyment in everything that I do. I've not been really put in situations where I didn't really, you know, see the value to my work or, yeah, it was just, I've been blessed in my interactions because I, I fumble through life. I, I won't lie. I've, I've really, you know, just kind of gone with the flow. I don't think I've ever worked a job that somebody didn't say, Hey, you should apply for this. Um, you'd be, re- I think you'd be really good at it. Um, I really wish I had known I would enjoy marketing as much uh, before going off to college and wasting a bunch of time and effort and energy in music recording tech. But I still enjoyed the the crap out of going to college for music recording tech. Met a lot of awesome people. um, Have friends who have bands that are hopefully going to do really well right now. They're they're starting to uh, show good signs on Spotify. What brought you to the passion for music that you have you know what led you to go to school for that those types of things uh so yeah music i I grew up in the church um and specifically it was a wesley united methodist in marysville up on the hill and our choir director there or minister of music i'm not sure what what her title was but um she taught she taught music and she taught everybody music everybody at that church knew how to read their part in the four-part harmonies to everything so everybody the whole time growing up everybody knew how to read the music and and everybody sang you had basses singing the bass line tenors singing the tenor line alto and you could even have eight-part harmony with bass twos bass one you know and it that was our church. Um, so like music was always huge in our church. Um, we'd go and have different, uh, performances with 
with regional uh, United Methodist choirs and everything. Um, so, like, music was always a real big thing for for us. Uh, always singing. Um, I went to Capillaria School for the Arts in my senior year of high school. There is that's kind of when I learned to play. Uh, not piano, no piano. I failed piano a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I learned to play, learned to play guitar um, a little better. I mean, I'd already picked up guitar here and there, and sure. I had like chord charts and would would mess around. But that's that's when I started. Yeah, let me try to push this again. Loud noises. Um, so that's when I started looking into actually like writing music and messed around with uh, with playing guitar a little bit more and, and um, I had played bass since mid middle school uh, we had a contemporary service okay. and I played bass in our contemporary band um, as well as helped uh, worship lead some services and whatnot um, and occasionally picked up guitar here and there uh, playing acoustic um, but yeah I'd, always been playing instruments, always been singing, um, picked up banjo here and there, didn't, didn't really learn too much of that, I kind of wish I would, but uh, as you'll note from our conversation, I, I just jump around a lot, and that's that's kind of one of the issues, um, I never really like focused hardcore enough, especially as a kid, on practicing what I should have practiced. Um, so all the kids out there, if you want to become really good at your instrument, learn to play scales and practice your scales because how you can do solos and all these other things is by being able to play the scales and um, you know knowing how the fretting goes. In fact, it's way easier on a bass and guitar to, to, to play scales and, and be able to move around than on a piano where you have the black keys and white keys. It, it, you know, they feel different. Um, that's probably one of the reasons why I really sucked at piano. <laughs> um, again, uh, did not practice enough for one, and then two, like, it's it, it feels weird uh, for me. <laughs> uh, but it really was just the practice. Everything's down to practice, uh, you know. Um, and having good practice habits is something I didn't do, uh, even through college. Um and now I, I find myself busying myself with trying to do too many things sometimes. So that goes back to that jack of all trades, master of one. Well, you got to find pick one to master uh, so that you can actually be good at something, and then you can have fun with a bunch of different other things. And that's you know as it relates to my abilities um, and knowing all these different things. Well, yeah, I don't take time to master all these different things um but yeah music we'll get back uh music has uh, been huge in my life throughout all of that um like all of growing up in in the church in fact you know like churches kind of had kind of become my family when my family went through all the hard times that we did um i was six years old when my father left or maybe even five it was somewhere between kindergarten and first grade, somewhere in that range when he left. Um, and, like, 
church really became family. Like a bunch of the, the, the men of the church stepped up to be my dad for the weekend here, the weekend there, but sure. they, they really filled in that role. Um, some better, some, some worse, but also like there's spots that you can't, you can't fill in, you know, um, as some random guy, you're not going to feel able to give all the fatherly advice that a young gentleman actually probably needs. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, but, but the church really filled in that, that family role for me. And in that, um, I gave back to my church by being a minister of music and, and, and performing for them as much as I possibly could. Um, so really studied music through, throughout high school, um, played in a bunch of different, uh, or sang in a bunch of different choirs, um, and then went to college for music because everybody's like, well, you're really good at music, you know? Um, uh, I was really good at music and really good at math, and I should have gone with the math major. <laughs> uh, would have been a lot more money, and I would have had a lot more time for music with, uh, with a little extra money paying off all those debts faster, but, you know. You live and you learn, right? Oh, uh, yeah. No. Next time you can do it right. Oh, yeah, next, ne- <laughs> just in the next, well, that's one of the reasons why, like, my wife's not, not too keen on, on children, and I kind of am a little bit more, and I'm like, you know, we've, we've come up to an agreement, you know, when we're like 35, I think is, is I think that's when she said 35, because that's getting near the age limit where, you know, she can't, is not to get pregnant well, anymore. It's, it's set in stone now. Right, yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, it's on, oh, it's recording. But, um, that'll be our, our 35th, uh, birthday present to one another. We'll give it a try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, um, but impart that on kids. And if, if I can't have kids, then, well, I guess I, I gotta give back to my current church. I'll, I'll try to let those kids know the mistakes that you don't want to make. And, um, it's another thing I've, I've debated getting into politics, potentially, uh, wouldn't want to start that necessarily because that's a really terrible place full of a bunch of really terrible people and um you know they like to be lawyerly so I'm like not not necessarily ideal there but you know being able to be talked to by people and personability it kind of works well in that scenario to learn what different people's problems are what what they want help with in their lives and um a lot of people put their faith into the wrong parts of politics is, uh, you know, our, our local representatives are the ones that should actually be fixing our problems. You know, not the federal, not the state. The local is where a lot of the, the good can be, be done. Um, and part of the issue is we need the federal and the state to GTFO a little bit more. Do you have something to say? Then consider being on the show. Go to contentioustalks.com slash guest and apply today. That's contentioustalks.com slash guest to apply. Now back to the show. Thanks for sharing everything with us, Zach. I appreciate you uh, telling us a bit about yourself and what uh, what your opinions are and what you think. Next part of the podcast is called the Tough 12. 
It is everyone's favorite part of the podcast. There are three categories, politics, philosophy, and personal religious questions, and there's four questions in each category. You ready for this? Sure. Next question here. What is the number one issue society is facing? Oh, I guess that kind of goes into that. Society is facing a real truth issue right now. Um, like we we really we really struggle with wanting to be true to ourselves. Like we were raised in our our be true to yourself. Well, what does that mean? Well, follow what you find some what you like and do it and just. It doesn't matter if it actually helps society. Just find what you like and do it. It's like, no, no, that's not truth. Like, we... Be true to yourself. Don't lie to yourself about, like... I might really like performing. I enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, I love getting on stage, but I performed really nasty, raunchy music. You can find it. It's terrible. Don't do it. Um, uh, But... You know, I like it. I love doing that, but the truth is, maybe it's not the best thing for me to do for society, for me to be putting that out there. So we have a we have a truth crisis, is what you're saying? Yes, we do have a truth crisis in, in society right now, and um, you know, people say I support science, I support the the science, they, they, but science is, is this search for truth. You know, we wouldn't have science. We wouldn't have the scientific discoveries that we do if it weren't for, like, religious beliefs in in the fact that there is an actual truth. You know, the the idea of there being one truth is, takes us back to, to, you know, Greek and, and, uh, and, well, early Judaic values and, and, you know, the Judeo-Christian and, uh, um, Athenian like philosophy uh, really really gets at that that thought of there being truth like you could find the truth and a lot of times you know there's what your interpretation of the events is what my interpretation of the events is and there's what actually happened and very rarely do we agree upon what actually happened sure. and even if we agree upon what actually happened, that doesn't mean we actually understand it. Because, like, if I told you that we're balls of energy just vibrating and, like, at the base of it, we're made up of atoms, which are made up of quarks, which are just vibrating at different, um, you know, they're constantly vibrating and just moving and changing. And, you know, you wouldn't... That's getting too deep into it, you know, like... to. No, there's a guy standing over there. There's a ball of atoms and energy and, right, you know, right. like, you know, that you could get to things that are true, but like... Different yeah. perspectives. Yeah, exactly. Next question here, Zach. Do politics matter and why? Well, yeah, politics matter. Um, <laughs> sound, sound, <laughs> sound a little disappointed to have yeah. to say that out loud. No, no, it's, it's <laughs> fine. So politics matter because politics is anytime there's more than one person... And even sometimes, even as one person, you, you can have a political dis- debate with yourself about the the um, efficacy of what you're doing, you know, how ethical the, the things and actions that you're going to take. And that's, you know, you're doing politics with God. God, I mean, like, it's okay that I, 
I kill this thing in front of me for food, right? And it's like, well, yeah, I put it here for you. But but some people have have a hard time with that. And that that really gets into politics, too, because people think, oh, you shouldn't be able to kill animals. And, you know, it's there's all these different varying, varying perspectives. And everybody's different perspective is their politics. And, you know, everything has some sort of political um, persuasion to it. everything that we do whether or not we we realize that or want to think about that you know um and that's why i really like libertarian thought on it because as long as my what i'm doing doesn't affect you you shouldn't care and as long as what you're doing doesn't affect me i shouldn't care or well not even me but like affect anybody else what what you do to yourself you know yeah i don't think you should kill yourself i really think you should live I think you're going to do more benefit to society by being able to do work and, you know, the the whole thought of there's some people that think that life is a zero-sum game, um, and I disagree with that wholeheartedly, uh, but, you know, that's also a political leaning there, too, you know, because um, uh, there's different perspectives and every that's one of the beauties of this country that we live in we can have differing um beliefs and we have the freedom to voice that for now cool say for now sadly because we're losing that and that's that's part of that that truth crisis you know um i i really love how wise beyond their years the founding fathers were to put to write down what they wrote down and uh i really need to read all of the uh um the documents that they were writing to to talk about uh before they they wrote the constitution because um, i forget what the uh the papers what is it federalist papers yeah federalist papers i really need to read through more of those i've read a few but there's like, a lot there. there are quite a few of them that's but that's the beauty of it they were having these really deep in-depth discussions in the public atmosphere and that was politics too and that was what journalism was and guess what journalism has always been political you know it's always been trying to spin people's thoughts on things um i really that's why i really like some political commentary folks more these days is because uh they put their spin out there and you know it's their spin on things whereas like so many times we're being read stuff really dryly in the news and because it's read dry people think oh this is just the facts and no spin no it's all spin every time you hear somebody talking about anything it's their spin on it so that's politics next is philosophy first question here in philosophy what is truth this is um truth is god you know god is truth right so um man this is one of the great questions because to actually define truth so many people can't do it and i'm going to struggle to do it right now um but truth is the actual reality and on the deepest level of reality so much so that we might not even be able to perceive all of the truth in and of ourselves right now you know um you're driving at whatever speed down this road at this time yeah that's the truth but like 
there's so many more nuances to it that you could look at. Well, the, the engine is fire. Like there's so many more aspects to the reality of what is going on in this brief moment that we don't need to analyze. Um, so you but, can't fully comprehend 100% of the truth. Right. It's it, We're limited by our abilities as a human to perceive. We have these five, some might have six, senses. <laughs> you know, uh, and we can only interpret what we've interpreted of those of those senses, you know, um, and what our brains are able to comprehend of that. And as you and I both know, there are some people out there who comprehend things a whole lot less than others. Um, <laughs> who are you talking about, Zach? No. Uh, well, I have this one friend. He, he's a real dick. <laughs> and he's an idiot. But, you know, you have... <laughs> I hope you're not talking about your wife. No, I'm not. No, no. I said he. <laughs> uh, my I, wife. Said, I don't. I don't judge. I don't judge. Uh, no genders. Yeah. No. 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 My wife is definitely female, human. Um, <laughs> identifies as a, as a woman and uh, is very much a woman. Um, too much of a woman sometimes, just to, to handle. But that's so, just because she's a follow up question. If yeah. as humans, we uh, we are limited in our capability to completely understand the truth. Um, doesn't that put society at a disadvantage since there's so many different opinions out there? Um, well, that's kind of what's, what's been the issue is like, we don't actually seek truth. We don't seek to understand the truth as much as we possibly can. Um, like, because the fact of the matter is, like, in this current situation with, with COVID, right? Like, truth is, you know, people are going to die, right? And, but the, the, and we have statistics. We have statistical analysis of what causes different things to happen, right? Um, and this goes even into, like, the insurance realm of things. You know, we can try to get to the, to the statistical analysis of what our risks are with everything. But guess what? The truth of the matter is you're going to get really unlucky. And even though you do everything right, something wrong can happen. You know, um, there's just because things are done and handled as possibly perfectly as you could have done. You can't understand. You can't foresee the unforeseeable and, and, we live in an ever-changing world with so many variables that are just impossible for us to understand all of them, but we can attempt. We can attempt to understand as many of them as we can discern, right? So with these COVID lockdowns and restrictions, well, yeah, if all you are worried about is the coronavirus, then nobody should ever interact with anybody else and we should all just stay at home forever and and not get food not go to the grocery store well really we probably could have done it if we if we had everybody get all their food delivered to their houses right and then you have um a three months where we completely shut everything down well guess what we're gonna have to do a lot of catch up to get to the point where everybody can take those two or whatever however many weeks off to to quarantine everybody um but it would require a lot of work to have that. And then we have a lot of work to catch back up afterwards. Yeah. We probably could have handled it, 
and just cut it all out, right? That's that's a truth, but but another thing is like that's not the only thing we have to worry about in life, you know. It, there's there's more factors to, to living in truth. Um, the truth of the matter is people are dying because depression, being locked alone in a room for two weeks is too much for some people. And I just heard about a lady um, in Europe who was allowed to have medically assisted suicide because she didn't want to go into a lockdown for coronavirus again. Cool. Right. She wasn't even sick. Right. Like. Physically. No, she wasn't. Yeah, mentally, I guess, because the depression of the thought of of it was so, so severe that they approved that to happen. Um, but yeah, no, like there it's 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 crazy. Like we have these. I'm oh, sorry, we're we're getting a little off of it, but like we have all these different factors that we can't all foresee all of the factors all the time um but we're gonna do better as a society if we if we seek as much truth as we possibly can um as much as we can comprehend um and then a little bit of that is gonna require faith which i'm sure is the the last (laughs) uh one of the last ones we'll get there but but faith is is one of those one of those things you got to have some sort of faith um whether it just be in that maybe I'm going to get luckier or, you know, I have faith that I'm going to try my darndest. Last category here, personal and religious questions. Uh, you ready? Oh, yeah. Are you ready for this? I guess. Uh, first question, what do you believe about God? Um, I believe that there is a God. There is one true God. Um, uh, I've been taught that, you know, God has, has these things is God is three in one, right? You have God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, um, those are the, the three main ways that we've we've come to understand God. Um, God, the Creator. God, the Father, right? Um, so, this is, uh, this is one of the things that could get you in trouble, <laughs> right? With different people and, and their different perspectives, right? Um, I won't claim to know any one thing for particularly uh so don't hang me as a heretic um but you know god is all-knowing god is true right so um and this is one of those things that you get taught if you when you read through the bible and and you really understand it god is truth and that's one of the reasons why we seek truth that's why I think those who are truly scientific in their, you know, analysis, they're seeking truth. That is a religious experience to, to actually participate in scientific discovery, right? Because you're seeking truth. You're seeking to, to commune with God. Uh, you're seeking to understand the ununderstandable or, or the, you know, the, the not entirely completely perceivable uh, reality of what is. Um, yeah, so, hmm. uh, so you have God, the Father, created everything, um, judges, you, you go through the Old Testament, you get a lot of God the Father, right? Um, he, he led his people 
out of out of Egypt uh, to Israel, and um, you see him and his people have have his chosen people, the uh, the Israelites, the the Jewish people. Um, they have a lot of going back and forth, where the people follow God and seek truth and and follow the the precepts that he he provided for them, and and then they turn back and and don't follow those and. Uh, you see a lot of back and forth. You see punishment. There's there's crimes to be or there's prices to be paid for not following God's plan and not following God's truth, right? Um, and, and for making your own truth. And, and these are these are concepts which um, which are true beyond even a religious context. You know, when when we purposefully ignore the reality of, you know, I can't do this one thing, you know, when you try to do something, you, you can get yourself hurt, you know, if you don't, if you don't attack a, a situation in the manner in which it needed to be um, uh, taken on, the challenge needed to be taken on, you can, you can get yourself into trouble. Um, all the precepts that God hands out, the, the commandments, um, and this goes into sin, right? Uh, by living a sin-free life, you avoid the common pitfalls. You avoid many of the common pitfalls that society and life and, and living your human will would would guide you into. Um, and uh, because of that, then we have uh, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is how God communicates with us. Um Yes, uh, some would say the Holy Spirit came after Jesus, but there's there's evidence of the Holy Spirit communing with uh, with the early um, the forefathers of, of uh, the the Jewish peoples and um, communing with them, and uh, they wrestle with with God's angel, and um, you know you know it's like we're both like oh it's toasty in here. It's toasty. Uh, but um, so you have God's Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us in in many different ways. Some people feel as though they've been convicted and yelled at forthright. This is what you need to be doing. You know, do this. And and man, I kind of wish I were one of those people. <laughs> you know, um, it wouldn't it make life so much easier if God would just tell you. Yeah, you need to be doing this. You're an idiot. How dare you uh, go against my plan for my perfect plan for you? Um, but you know, there's there's other ways. Like we get led by the spirit if we're we're just open to uh, to to you know perceiving and and have a mindful thought of like God just show me the way prayerful thought and consideration to to different things um, we can hope the spirit leads us and guides us um, uh, and then you have God or God the son right you have Jesus uh, why do you have Jesus well we sin God demands perfection right and sin is anything but perfection like anything that isn't perfection. So sin is an old archery term. 
um, it means to miss the mark, to miss a perfect bullseye. So if you think of our life as we're running through our life, think of a, of a target. You have a target and you're just going on that target the whole entire life you're living. And you're trying, God wants you to hit that bullseye the whole entire time. Don't you dare stray from that, that very narrow path of perfection, right? But, like, if, if you're an archer and you miss the mark, what does that mean? I, I, uh, I don't just quit archery for forever and just give up on this life. I, I pull another arrow out and I try again, you know? Um, but beauty of, uh, of having Christ our Savior is that we've been given uh, not only an example of what that sin-free life, that perfect life would be, uh, but then we get a sacrifice to pay the price of our sin, uh, so we no longer need to participate in animal sacrifice, ritual sacrifice to, uh, to have a cleansing of our, of our souls and to, to be able to commune with God. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the podcast. You made it through the tough 12. Oh, man. Thanks uh, Thanks for sharing and taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, how can people find out more about you? If they're listening oh, to this and they're thinking, goodness. man, that Zach guy, I definitely want to hear more of his thoughts. <laughs> um, how, can, well, how can they reach out to you? Uh, well, if they really want to reach out to me, um, Facebook is probably an okay spot. Uh, but... I mean, I am Zip Casey in a lot of places, so you can find me on YouTube at Zip Casey. Next week on Contentious Talks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Contentious Talks. Did you like this episode? If so, consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. To get notified about new episodes, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to connect more, like Contentious Talks on Facebook. To support Contentious Talks and for more content, consider joining the Contentious Collective for as little as $1 a month. To do so, visit ContentiousTalks.com today. Contentious Talks is produced, hosted, filmed, and edited by Ryan Malinowski. Contentious Talks, copyright 2021, all rights reserved.